Simon & Schuster Audio presents Red Wolf by Lisa Markland Read by Jill Tanner Prologue He had never been able to stand the sight of blood. There was something about the consistency, thick and pulsating. He knew it was irrational, especially for someone like him. Recently, this revulsion had crept into his dreams, taking expression in ways he couldn't control. He looked down at his hands and saw they were covered in dark red human blood. It was dripping onto his trousers, still warm and sticky. The smell hit his nose. He jerked back in panic and tried to shake it off. Hey, we're here. The voice seeped through the thin membrane of sleep, making the blood suddenly vanish. The intense feeling of nausea remained. The sharp cold rushing in through the door of the bus. The driver hunched his shoulders in a vain attempt to escape it. Unless you want to come down to the garage. All the other passengers had got off the airport bus. He stood up with an effort, bent over with pain. He picked up his duffel bag from the seat, muttering, Merci beaucoup. The jolt as his feet hit the ground made him groan. He leaned against the frosted side panelling of the bus for a moment, rubbing his forehead. A woman in a crocheted hat, on her way to the local bus stop a bit farther on, stopped next to his duffel bag. There was genuine concern in her eyes, her back bowed as she leaned toward him. Are you all right? Do you need help? He reacted strongly and immediately, waving his hand in her face. Laissez-moi, he said far too loudly, panting from the effort. The woman didn't move, just blinked a few times with her mouth open. Êtes-vous sourd? J'ai déjà dit laissez-moi? Her expression crumpled in the face of his aggression, and she backed away with an offended look in her eyes. He watched her go, heavy and thick-set, plodding toward the number three with her bulging carrier bags. I wonder if this is how I sound, he thought, when I speak Swedish. He realized that his thoughts were actually formulating themselves in his mother tongue. Independence, he thought, forcing his brain back into French. Je suis mon propre maître. The woman glared at him before getting on the bus. He stood there in the diesel fumes as the buses slid away and the street emptied of people, listening to the silence of the cold, absorbing the shadowless light. Nowhere on earth was outer space as close as it was at the polar circle. When he was growing up, he took the isolation for granted, not realizing the significance of living on the roof of the world. But he could see them now as clearly as if they were engraved on the streets, the buildings, the frozen conifers. Isolation and exposure, endless distance. So familiar, and yet so alien. This is a harsh place, he thought, 
in Swedish once more. A town that's frozen solid and only exists on state subsidies and steel. Then, just like me. He carefully lifted the strap of the bag over his shoulder and chest and started to walk toward the entrance of the city hotel. The exterior, from the turn of the last century, was just as he remembered, but he had no way of knowing whether the interior had changed. During his time in Lulao, he had never had any reason to enter this citadel of the bourgeoisie. The receptionist welcomed the old Frenchman with distracted politeness, checked him into a room on the second floor, told him when breakfast was served, gave him the plastic card with the magnetic strip that would open the door.